Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, our ongoing study in the book of Mark takes us to chapter 10, verses 17 through 27. An important question is considered here as a young man comes to Jesus and asks him, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Now that is a very important question. He's asking what it takes to get into heaven. It's even more important to understand the answer. And in this case, it's going to take some explanation. The disciples were certainly confused by Jesus's answer. You might say, how you answer this question is a matter of perspective. Because from a totally human perspective, if we're asking what we must do, the answer is, there is nothing you can do to assure your entrance into heaven. But if we consider God's perspective, the answer is, what you cannot do, God can do. And what God can do, he has done. Even that explanation will require some explanation, and that's why Pastor Jim will take it over from here. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Then Who Can Be Saved? Three Sundays ago, before I left for Romania, Moldova, and Russia, I took us to a different section of God's Word, Staying away from our series in the Gospel of Mark, as we had just done Easter, and I didn't want to start a text and then have to leave part of it for several weeks. So we've put off until today where we come to in Mark chapter 10, which, Lord willing, we'll look at verses 17 through 27, and we're still not going to finish what I didn't want to get started and have to leave, but we'll get to it because we can come back next Lord's Day. As we come to this passage of God's Word, how can you have eternal life? How would you answer that? What does it take to get to heaven? What must you do to be saved? How can a person be born again? What is the price of spiritual eternal redemption? What does it mean to be a Christian? How can you be genuinely a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? Those are all different ways and valid ways, ultimately, to ask the same question. And that question was posed in yet other words to Jesus by a man who meant it seriously. But the way Jesus answers him in our passage today is not what you probably would expect. In our text for this morning, a classic text... This encounter leads to one of the most profound things Jesus ever said. And I realize I probably shouldn't say that because everything the Son of God said was profound. Let's put it in its context. The place is somewhere in Perea. Perea is that region of Israel to the east of Jerusalem and mostly on the east side of the Jordan River. The time is late winter to early spring of A.D. 30. The circumstance is that it's just a couple of months now before the cross. 
Jesus is beginning to make His way toward Jerusalem for the final time. He's gone there and back very quickly, never entering Jerusalem, but, but going around the corner behind the Mount of Olives to Bethany where He raised Lazarus from the dead. And then He came back to Perea again. His disciples are with Him. He is concentrating intently on teaching them about the things that will soon take place when they get to Jerusalem. And He is responding to people along the way and all the time with the mindset of instructing them in the most important things they need to know because He's going to ascend to the Father and He's going to entrust to them the ministry of the gospel. This encounter before us today is fascinating in its own right, but as I say, it provoked Jesus to say, very important things to His disciples and to the others who were following Him. And since they're written in scriptures, in the Scriptures, He says them to us as well. The man who came to Jesus with the million-dollar question that day was out of lifelines. He, he thought he could figure out the answer, thought he would get the answer from Jesus, but after Jesus talked to him about it, the man walked away, disappointed, and grieved. Now, what do we know about this man? Well, he's, this incident is recorded in Matthew 19, Luke 18, and Mark 10. We have to put all of them together to get the full picture. Matthew 19:20 tells us that he was a young man. Verse 22 in our passage tells us that he was wealthy and he owned much property. Luke 18.18 says that he was a ruler, which implies that he was a leader of the local synagogue. That implies that he was trying to live out the prescribed lifestyle of the Pharisees, because the Pharisees controlled the teaching in all of the synagogues. You roll all of that together and you can see why this passage is usually filed under the heading, The Rich Young ruler. He was rich. He was young. He was a spiritual leader. Excerpts from our text today are going to help us frame our understanding of this famous encounter. I'm aiming at two of them today, and there is another for next time. First of all, one thing you lack. We'll see why Jesus said that. Then who can be saved? That's the crucial question in this text. And then next time, We'll see why the apostles said, we left everything, and what Jesus says uh, about that. So let's start with one thing you lack, and we'll jump in at Mark chapter 10 and verse 17. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? All right, put us in its, in its proper setting. Uh, this was, has happened as Jesus was setting out on a journey. We know ultimately that that journey was His journey to Jerusalem for His appointment with the cross. All we know is that this happened on one day's part of the journey as they were heading out. Maybe this was when He left Perea. Maybe it was after He had left the original starting point, and it was just as He was leaving on one day after wherever they had stayed for that night. But it's an interesting tidbit here that Matthew includes that Mark doesn't. 
Mark was writing for a Roman audience. He doesn't say as much about the Jewish stuff as Matthew does because Matthew wrote for the Jews. And, and even though a lot of our English translations don't reflect it, Matthew starts this section in, in Greek with the words, and behold. Matthew is pointing out that there's something here that he considers very important. So he's saying, in essence, look carefully. Pay attention to this. This is really significant. It's particularly important for what it teaches us about how corrupted the doctrine of the Pharisees and their theological system had become. They were actually teaching salvation by works, which is the antithesis of the message of the Scriptures. In the course of this conversation, uh, this man is going to address Jesus both as teacher, that's how Matthew records it, and good teacher. Mark and Luke record that. Jesus took a cue from the word good for the first part of His response to this guy. Now, notice the guy came respectfully. He actually ran up to Jesus, so you get the idea there was some urgency involved. He didn't want Jesus to get out of town before he had a chance to talk to him. And he came and he, and he knelt before him. Um, the verb tense also indicates they probably carried on more conversation than what is recorded even when you combine Matthew and Mark and Luke. Jesus challenged the young man on calling him good. Matthew includes a little fuller description of what the man asked. He said, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, you understand that neither Matthew nor Mark nor Luke contain all of what was said. You combine them, you get all that is recorded for us in Scripture, but there was probably even more than that. But the difference in details, though it's interesting and gives you the fullest possible picture of the conversation, the, the differences aren't important. What is important is that here is a a man who was a leading teacher among the Jews. So put him in the same category as Nicodemus. Nicodemus is called the teacher of the Jews. This man is a leader of a synagogue of the Jews. Here he is uh, setting himself up week after week, Sabbath after Sabbath in the synagogue, telling people how to know God, and he realized he doesn't have eternal life. He's on the outside looking in. His question also reveals his mindset. He believed in salvation by works. And from his later comment, you'll see that he actually believed that he was successfully keeping the commandments of God. From that we learn what the pharisaical attitude actually produces. When you focus on external rules and regulations, the kind of the idea of becoming holy from the outside in by doing things, uh, that leads you to completely miss the point of the sinfulness of your heart. Your own spiritual bankruptcy gets buried under that mountain of performance, and your need for God's grace from beginning to end is absolutely a foreign concept. Now, as you work your way through this encounter, I want you to remember two things. This man is a religious Pharisee. Now, it doesn't call him a Pharisee, but being a leader of a synagogue, the Pharisees controlled that part of the life of the Jews. So he was a religious Pharisee who sought out Jesus. 
Now that means he's a little bit of a rogue. Because when the Pharisees seek out Jesus in any public sort of way, it's always to argue with him, fight with him. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.